You're my little chipmunk. <laughs> you think I'm one of those singing chipmunks from the chipmunks? That's what they're called, right? The little Christmas chipmunks. We had a CD, a Christmas CD, where all of the traditional Christmas songs are sung by that little chipmunk the chipmunks? group. Really? <laughs> Were your parents into it? Mom, do you remember? Ah, that's a great question. Probably not. I assume, I imagine my dad hated it. My mom probably tolerated it as she does most things. Were you most. really like really into it, singing it all the time? Well, during the holidays, but off season, oh no, not as much. You tortured But I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember it being as on replay as much as some of the other things we listen to though so okay. they probably they had some relief <laughs> from good. it <laughs> that's good they needed some vindication maybe. there were some jams though come on i mean jingle it's really bell, they're definitely cute like they they are successful they made like three movies out of them with ryan reynolds i think right oh, right. People. oh my gosh i forgot about that ryan why did you sign up for that it was a good paycheck. What else? <laughs> I would sign up for making all the Chipmunks movies. <laughs> it was probably fun. They had some laughs. Yeah, especially trying to act in front of nothing because it's all CG. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're that the only one. That must be an interesting one, experience. Right? Yeah. I bet. I've never, I don't know if I've seen in any of those movies, but I really love the CD. Oh, Mom, did you burn the CD? Please, <laughs> I want to hear it. I want to like imagine it in my head. Maybe next Christmas we'll be able to bring oh, back those yeah. memories. And if the CD isn't burned and you kept it for our memories, Mom, which you do a lot of things because that's one of your amazing talents. And we really appreciate you doing that. Yeah. But maybe we can relive some of those fond memories. That would be great. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. You know what? I always, I've been considering like maybe I don't need to invest so much time creating music for the podcast because you're just a music <laughs> box. <laughs> you could create an, a different intro for every episode with your voice. <laughs> Yeah, I, I probably could. I don't know if it's going to be good, but it'll be something. <laughs> <laughs> Noise. <laughs> Maybe you'll be successful anywhere in Hollywood. Aww. Like, you have all the talents. What's the... The full no- package. What's the knockoff Hollywood? Sign me up for that. <laughs> um, Bollywood? Well, Maxillywood? What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just making things up here. Uh, Bollywood's a big... A big business. Uh, and yeah. I give a lot of credit to them. Don't you? Don't know much about it. I guess yeah, they, yeah, I know. I, I know, I know. I just was I just trying to do the awkward silence. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then after that, you're supposed to say something. Yes. I've seen some Bollywood movies and they're actually quite good. Some of them are really good, uh, well acted but yeah. a lot of it, unfortunately, like the ratio in between um, movies that are words of art, like words of the of the artist, the, the director or mm-hmm. the writer, like this is something that I really care about. And movies that are just commercial 
like yeah, that's true. formulaic like oh this is what people want to go watch like mm-hmm. the the strong hero defeating the villain and saving the the damsel in distress it's yeah. just way too high there's just way too many movies like that yeah it's and hard to weed out the good ones the stereotypes are a bit a bit off yeah but yeah. um they're very heavily stereotyped yeah Anyway, should we should we should we start? Should we uh, put so, the real music because you're tired of hearing Wendy's music? No, I never tired of w- hearing <laughs> no, Wendy's music. No, not you, That's but maybe the listeners. Music. Oh <laughs> maybe no! The listeners are. Let us know. <laughs> send us a tweet. Send us a, an email or something. Let Wendy know how much you love her voice and her music Aww. because there's only love here. Love, Aww. only love for you. Thank you. And baby. farts. And farts. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's get. Let's get. Oh. Let's, let's cue get. Um, that. I don't know what. I don't know. I what don't know what's saying. going on. I don't know what's going on. Hey friends, welcome back to the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast, coming to you from our cozy abode in Tokyo and coming hot Ooh. today. Uh, we get, we come and I... Oh, you almost <laughs> had it. I was like, uh, I was so ready. I guess I got too excited. I was you like, did. oh my God, I'm doing it. And then I, I got too into the my thing. head. I'm doing the thing. I'm, what am I doing? What's the thing? <laughs> Coming to you from a cozy abode in Tokyo where we get candid culture and don't take life too seriously and you shouldn't either. Um, I'm your host for today, Juan, and I'm joined by Wendy, my <laughs> wife, my wonderful partner, the most amazingly Aww. talented person in my life. Aww. You could have just said, by Wendy, this person that i just met no (laughs) everybody knows you're my wife (laughs) and i'm the proudest husband oh i'm the proudest wife yeah thank you for that lovely introduction how are you today i'm great i got some yummy sushi in my tummy and we just had some nice tea and a nice little yoga sesh to get the juices flowing and our brain power up and running to bring you this awesome episode Excellent. on adult friendships. Yes, that's one of the things that we've always wanted to talk and share with you guys. Mm-hmm. One of the strongest aspects of our relationship is <gasps> our friendship. Yes, And I have a lot of confidence that we have so much to talk about and teach other people because we both had a lot of experiences, Mm -hmm. good and bad, Mm -hmm. and um, there's a lot of wisdom there Mm -hmm. uh, that I think a lot of people could benefit from. So yeah, adult friendships. Right. First, I I just want to start by defining friends and what makes a good friend. Right. Um, What I've kind of gathered so far is... I've been thinking a lot about this, by the way, and how to be a better friend myself. Mm -hmm. And what constitutes a good friend for me um, is someone who makes me feel positive and energized after spending time with them. Mm -hmm. So not someone who depletes your energy, but does the opposite of that, who leaves you feeling refreshed and like you have the support that you need. 
And right. I know not every interaction is going to be like that, but overall, I would like to take that out of a friendship. Also, someone who doesn't make it all about them. Because sometimes when you're in a bad place in your life, we've all been there, I've been there, you kind of, you end up being the one who's taking more than giving. And I think it really, a really good solid friendship depends on balance. And really, I really like the emphasis of having give and take a balance of the two. Whenever I am friends with someone or if I'm the friend who's making the whole conversation about me, it just, it wears on, it, it wears on the other person. And I don't think it's a healthy friendship that can be maintained. Um, one more thing that I thought of is someone who shows up and is reliable. So this is something that I'm working on. I can be a bit... I wouldn't say that I'm unreliable, but sometimes I I kind of disappear and I, I don't want to ghost people. I want to work on my communication and make sure that I can show up for my friends mm. and hope that they'll do the same for me. Oh. So those are a few things that I thought of. If you have anything to add, I'd love to hear. hear sure. Them. I do have, I, do have um, I wouldn't say a different view, but more like an observation to mm -hmm. your first point. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that n it's not necessarily that your friends, the real friends, are always going to add to your energy. Mm. I mean, they, that can be a personal thing. Like if you're an introvert or an extrovert, that right. can definitely affect that. Um, um, the how you perceive and how you get energy out of other people. If you're an introverted person, you're more you're more your tendencies to get depleted. When you're in front of people. Now, if you're talking directly with a person that you're really close with and you, you have a lot of things in common and you feel really comfortable, uh, you definitely get, uh, I wouldn't say re-energized. It's just like, it's it's like a safe zone. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you can be comfortable there. But I would say from my personal experience as an introverted person that even the people I love the most, I have a limit. And uh, yeah. I need to recharge, and that recharging happens when I'm alone by myself. Right, that's a really good point. I I think I feel the same way. Being yeah. also being an introvert, even my closest friends who don't, I guess, deplete me, deplete mm -hmm. my energy as much as other people I don't know as well, or who, um, who take more energy out. I think I still need time to myself to recharge my batteries. Right. Away from everyone. Yes. Yeah, it's a very personal thing. And it could be different for every for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, we have different ways to deal with uh, our introversion. Mm -hmm. But in general, uh, we, we need our time and our space to recharge. But I, I do agree with the fact that our closest friends, the people that we have closest in our circle, mm -hmm. they take less energy. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting interact it. with mm -hmm. and to to be around. Mm -hmm. And and it's something that we also need. It's not like we don't want it or we we're sacrificing our energy, but that uh, it's a different aspects 
different aspect of our life that we need to like it's like pollination like you need to try different things yeah. and get things from different people yeah that's, that's another right that's a big part of friendships yeah. is you have to know that you get different things from yeah. different people right and there are different friend groups for different ways of spending time yeah i, I think it's a very immature view from people who think like oh i'm your best friend you should get everything from me it is. that's not true you have different friendships that fulfill different things in your life exactly and even in a relationship in your like your husband husband and wife you're not going to get or, everything yeah, from you, that you can't person. like that person doesn't exist like a person no, that matches doesn't. you perfectly it that's doesn't. not that's not possible and so, to have that expectation on one person yeah. that is heavy yeah you so will be dooming that relationship if yeah, you have that expectation and letting yourself down exactly so you should as a partner let the other person have those aspects of their lives fulfilled by other people. Right. And let them spend time and energy on other people. And not feel like, oh, it's because I can't provide for them. Exactly. Which is hard. Sometimes it's a hard thing to accept because yeah. you want to be able to fulfill more for your partner. Mm -hmm. But it's just not possible. Yeah. It, it's a very special aspect of adult friendships mm -hmm. where you, you're actually aware of those circumstances and, and those issues Yeah. And you're able to more uh, easily navigate through them. When you're younger, you're you have that naive view of like, oh, I have my best friends and these are the people that I always spend my time with and I do everything with them. Yeah. And you kind of open up to everything, every single aspect of your life with them. And sometimes that works well, sometimes it doesn't. Like you eventually learn that like, oh, Uh, maybe uh, Wendy's not that comfortable with like my, my the sports aspect of my life. Like I like doing sports, and that's not something she's always keen with to do with me. Mm -hmm. But we love going to the movies. So she, this, when whenever I want to go to the movies, she's my girl. Yes. Whenever I want to play sports, uh, I don't know. Anisa is my my girl. Mm -hmm. and uh, once you understand that that's natural, that's normal, that's how life is, then you, you kind of learn more how to deal with fr with friendships. Yeah, it's easier on you, and it's easier on your friends, yeah. too. It's a more realistic approach to friendship. Also, I think there's a big uh, misconception in lifelong friendships, too, especially in, I'd say, female friendships, because... A lot of the media that is portrayed to us is like, oh, best friends forever. Yeah. Like since day one. And that's great to have day one friends. Like I'm still friends with people. I'm friends with people that I went to preschool with. I'm friends with Taylor, who I met before we even started pre preschool. And I'd say she's a lifelong friend. But you don't have to have that expectation that every friendship you are going to um pour yourself into is going to last that long yeah. some friendships are better for just a season they can yeah. serve you for that season and you can get a lot out of it but maybe you'll have to go your separate ways and that's mm -hmm. okay i think that's something that is kind of it seems like there's a stigma around it yeah. like you shouldn't say goodbye to a friendship that you've only invested a yeah. few months into yeah 
that's a beautiful way to see uh, the progression of your life yeah. and how things come and go through your life as your life is comprised of seasons. Yeah. And you have a season where you're very outgoing, you you want to experiment and like Yeah, maybe you want to go, go out, go to clubs and do all that right. stuff and then you change seasons and you become more of a introverted person, you want to focus more on some hobbies or you want to focus on work yeah. then you change seasons and like and maybe with the changing seasons comes yeah. a change of friends exactly too. your your priorities change and then uh some friends would not have they won't the, the seasons won't align mm-hmm, like exactly. they're still in the in another seat in another season in their lives mm-hmm. and then you kind of don't have enough things in common anymore and then they kind of maybe their orbit their orbit goes yeah a bit more uh, far from you. Right. They might still be in your life, but they're not as close. And then other people whose orbits were far now become uh, come closer. Right. Because they're in the same season that you just joined. Yeah, that's so, a really... Yeah, it's like a train, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you move in between cars sometimes. They're in the same ride and they will be in the ride for a long time and other people leave the car and uh, take another train. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when you see it that way... It's very good. And you mentioned, um, what is it that you mentioned? The the challenges mm-hmm. of uh, making a friendship. And I want to talk a little bit more about that because the challenges of making a friendship as a teen and the challenges of making friendship as an adult are completely different. Completely different. And, uh, and even a college student. Not oh, a, yes. A young adult versus after you enter yeah. the workforce. Yeah. I guess you're still a young adult, but... It is hard. It just changes, right? Yeah, it is hard to connect with people when you're uh, outside of the social setting that yeah. you're, I wouldn't say forced to, but you're put in mm-hmm. uh, when you're young. For example, you're in a school, you're always in the same place share, sharing with other people um, because you have to, okay? You're, you're studying, right? Yeah, it's an so, institution where you interact with people who are going through the, are in the same orbit as you, as you, yeah, said, exactly. as you said earlier. You have things in common. You, you are going. studying the same thing or you're in the same grade. And so it is easier for you to establish a friendship with these people. Same in, in, in college. And even better because in college, you're, you're, the things you're, studied, you're studying are aligned with your interests. Mm-hmm. So you're in, you, when you're in school, you could have different interests when you're mm-hmm. studying in the same place. Yeah. When you're in college or in university, if you're, if you're both studying medicine, then you have similar interests. And, the, and so it's easier to make lasting friendships from college. Mm-hmm. However, when you leave uh, this social setting and you join the workforce or you, I don't know, you, you start doing your own thing or traveling, whatever, uh, it's much more difficult because... Your priorities change. Uh, you no longer have that social setting that forces you to be in a place. Uh, if you're in a work, if you're if you're at work, you are forced to be in a place and interact with your coworkers. Right. But the setting is completely different because you have more, much more responsibilities, and you're much much more judicious with your time and your right. energy. And outside of that, like mostly, most people are dedicated to that mm-hmm. social setting that is work mm-hmm. outside of that it's hard to find the time yeah. and the energy to dedicate to 
finding different social groups where yes. you can establish friendships. Yes. Your time is much more limited. Mm-hmm. Your priorities are shifting, as you said. Yeah. And a lot of people are really focusing on themselves yeah. and have a lot more responsibilities to take care of. So it just becomes like a whole different world from when you were in college. Did you have any did you have any problems making friends in college or when when did you start to encounter challenges in making friends? Okay, um I was not super social in college uh because of the circumstances of my life. I had a lot of responsibilities mm-hmm. beyond just my studies. Mm-hmm. Um I think we talked about it before. Um, I, I had the responsibility of being in a, a father figure for my siblings and had to also work. And uh, I just didn't have a lot of time. Nevertheless, I did have a good, healthy circle of friends that shared my interests. And they always stayed on my orbit all the time. Um, I, I'm really grateful to them because not not only were they supportive of my challenges and my my, my um, the issues that I was going through in my, my circumstances, but they also helped me. They pushed me to be better, to finish with them. Like I felt like I want to keep uh, studying with them. I want to, uh, persevering. yeah, persevering and, um, not fall behind. Like, I don't want to be, fall behind. And you had these people who were doing in the same boat and also rooting you on. Right? Exactly. Rooting yes. For you. Yes. So I just didn't feel like I, I don't want to fall behind, uh, and let them graduate without me. Unfortunately, I kind of, uh, fell behind a little bit at the end, but, we we stayed on each other's orbit for a long time. I've been saying each other's orbit for a lot. Uh, a lot <laughs> it's a but good, I mean, it's a good metaphor. It's a good I metaphor, like the, yeah. Yeah, I like the image of it. Yeah, and uh, after that, I was also very lucky to find a job where I could work with some of them. Like, we joined the same company, and uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a great time. I was very lucky in that, in that aspect. If I didn't have that... I think it would have been very difficult for me because I was I, my priorities were completely different. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was very different for me because out of college, I had moved back to Arizona and I right. spent, like a lot of people do, fresh out of college, they move back into their parents' home for a little bit to just get settled and start a new job, save some money. That's mm-hmm. just what I did. And I started working at a public school and... The school that I worked at did not have a lot of young teachers there. I think I was, I worked at two different schools and I was the youngest one by far. Mm -hmm. Everyone else had families. Some people were grandmas, grandpas, um, mostly women because, you know, the, (laughs) the ratio of men and women teachers in the U.S. is. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. <laughs> yeah. I was just say it's not great. Yeah, it's so different here in Japan because you do see more of a balance. It's much more balanced in public schools. Well, it's a career schools. that people actually consider taking. Like, right, you can have a life. Right, being a teacher here. Yep, you make a good pension. Yeah. You get treated fairly. It's 
pretty good. You get holidays, which teachers do in the U.S., but man, it's nothing compared to the U.S. It's a completely different topic. I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll cover that one in a different episode. But I didn't have a lot of responsibilities as you did, yet I was really struggling to make any sort of connections outside of work and I I really appreciated the support and the connections that I had made in my work setting but it just felt really lonely like I was no one really understood or no one was going through the same thing in their lives as I was they were prioritizing their families and at a much um I guess matured stage in their life yeah life so it felt really lonely to me and I had to depend on um, dating apps to meet anyone who was my age, especially in that area where there's a lot of older retirees. Yeah. Yeah. So a completely different experience. It was like kind of like the opposite of what I was going through in college where I just had all of my friends nearby. We would meet up almost every day to hang out. And it felt like I had lost that sense of community altogether. And it, it wasn't a, it wasn't my favorite time in my life, but I guess it is an, it was an important time where I could figure out what I wanted and how to progress in my career. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I have a question for you. Sure. What was, uh, what is your most recent friendship and how did it come about? The most recent friendship. That you consider because that's that's established that a friendship is uh, a person that you maintain contact with at least a few times a month. Okay, well, I can think of one friendship that I I mean it's very new, but I haven't even it hasn't even been a few months yeah. into the relationship. Oh. Does it have to be one that's had, you know, a few months Doesn't worth matter. of time? No. The most recent one that I've had is someone that I met at a party who's a mutual friend of, of a friend. And we just had a really great conversation at a party where I, I kind of expected I'd be dancing all night. But then I engaged <laughs> in this really good conversation. I was like, hey, this is something that I really want to invest in. And even though the music is blaring and everyone else is drunk or on the dance floor, I yeah. was just really enjoying talking to a new person. And um, hopefully that friendship will develop even further the mm. more that we can meet and connect. And I just wanted to highlight how it changes the avenues that you have to meet people and establish a friendship from your teens to now when you're an adult. Right. Um, And as you said, a lot of people, you meet them on social events. Yeah, yeah. Or through friends. Right, through mutual connections. I think that's very common. And sometimes it could be difficult because if you don't have a healthy circle of friends then like getting traction is really difficult. You have to actually put yourself out there. If you have some friends, they will present you other people. Like it's just bound to happen in some ways. But Well, you've had a very unique experience here because, I mean, like me, we both came to a foreign country not knowing anyone. Mm -hmm. And for a while after, after you 
kind of dedicated all of your time to work, Mm -hmm. you decided to go out there and you really got out of your comfort zone to meet people, didn't you? Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that was for you when you decided to do that? Yes. So I have to first um, say that I had some help. Like it was definitely nerve wracking and um, very stressing coming to a country that's the farthest you can be from your home <laughs> without getting out of uh, the planet. <laughs> without leaving the planet. Yeah, without yeah. leaving the planet, literally. Um, <laughs> but I had some help. Like Not exaggerating, guys. <laughs> <laughs> not exaggerating. If, like, when, when I got, when I gave the news to my family that mm-hmm. I was coming to Japan, my mom, like, she's amazing. She immediately contacted all her friends and uh, family to ask if they have some friend and family in Japan so that they can serve as like my uh, connection Mm -hmm. or or my welcoming kind of party here. And she did. Like she found some people like a a brother of a friend. Wow. And she contacted them and they were like, yeah, no, come. Aww. We will we will welcome you. We will set you up and get you ready. Like anything you need, we're here. And that so really... she really dug deep to make that happen. She did, like, she did. She my did son amazing. will at least have one connection just in case. It's part of, it's part of also the Dominican uh, culture where... We are very proud that we have Dominicans everywhere in the world. Yeah. <laughs> we say that sometimes we have Dominicans in Alaska in every and uh, the North Pole and the moon, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> we have Ooh, yet to hear about that. We have a Dominican that restaurant in, in the moon. Ooh. Someday. Uh, <laughs> someday. <laughs> someday. But yeah, I, it was very... Um, there was a lot of ease in my in my... In my uh, I felt a lot of ease knowing that there was someone that I, c- I could rely on uh, being here in Japan. That being said, it was still very difficult. I oh, yeah. I am a very, as I said, as I've said many times, I'm a very introverted person. So it is not natural for me to reach out to other people. Nevertheless, mm-hmm. I kind of dig, I kind of like that adventurous uh, feeling of like going out, that challenge. Yeah, putting myself out uh, in in a situation where I'm out of my comfort zone. Maybe and you don't know the outcome. Yeah, I don't mm. know the outcome, and that kind of puts me in that uh, mindset of like, let's just reach out. Like, you're not gonna die. Just reach out to people. What what's gonna happen? Mm. And that's what I did. I luckily befriended the people that um, received me in the Airbnb. And they became Ho- kind of a... Your host family? My host family, mm-hmm. yes. And they became kind of a also a surrogate family. They were really welcoming and nice, amazing people. I love them. Um, and then I, I was coming to join a company. It is a giant company that has people from all over the world. And the team that I was... Uh, joining, it was very international and they were also very welcoming. So I was very, very lucky to have so many um, things going right. 
that help me uh, be more at ease and and be more welcomed. That being said, uh, making friendships it's a completely different thing. Some of them, some of those those people that welcome me were not on my age range, yeah. and so I couldn't really build like a the kind of friendship that I would like. Especially since coming not. here, it's like a completely different life. Yeah, and you're a young person wanting yeah. to get yourself situated in a big city. Exactly. Experience I was, it to the fullest. Exactly. I was, as I mentioned before, transitioning seasons. And when you're transitioning seasons, you're kind of more uh, keen to make some connections and experiment and find people who can guide you, kind who can and that's okay help you exactly. That's part of the the process, I yeah. believe. And I guess, like at the beginning, what I did, I definitely use uh, dating apps, but not that much at the beginning. What I did was looking for meetups and events. Yeah, put myself out there, like, oh, I'm interested in. in um, Tennis. So I would go to a meetup about tennis. And I know the people that, that are there are also interested in that. And so I had something to talk about. Yeah. And it was extremely, <laughs> extremely nerve-wracking to like meet people from so many different worlds, uh, places. And like I wasn't really used to that, like being in, in, in DR. And just showing up too, right? Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. hey, I'm here. Like, I don't know any of you guys, but hi. The yeah. the the most international person I've met in, in DR was like, you know, Mexican or Americans. Mm-hmm. And then I come to Japan and I'm like, oh, I'm from Sri Lanka. And I'm like, And I've also, okay. not only that, but I've also lived in five different countries. Exactly. And so you're exposed to so many different views and cultures and personalities. Yeah. It was a bit too much at the beginning, but you know, you kind of start to get used to it and you start you thriving in that. You do. And, and once you put yourself out out there, then you can do it again. Yes. Because like you said, you know you're not going to die. I mean, God forbid. <laughs> yeah. We haven't had any of those experiences. Especially Otherwise, not in we Japan. wouldn't be here. Yeah. yeah especially here. But once you put yourself out there and get uncomfortable, then you can do it again. And slowly but surely, it becomes more natural. Yeah. You get used to your new season. Yeah. And uh, you slowly open up. Yeah. And uh, you start learning that people are as eager as you are to include you to in befriend their circle. you, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. I was really lucky to come on to us to such a big company. Um, uh, for some people who haven't heard previous episodes, I came to Japan on the Jet program, mm-hmm. and like the company you worked for, it was huge. Mm. They hire people from all over the world, and I was lucky to have so many connections immediately when I got here, but. My connections, my friendships really only existed within the company for a while. And for maybe the first year, maybe even a little longer, I felt like I was just, I had those friendships, you know, where you go out and you have a good time, but maybe you don't feel like you're getting enough meaning out of them. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was floating in that 
space for a while mm -hmm. and I was enjoying myself. I was traveling a lot. I was going to these um, izakayas and having a good time eating and drinking with different people. But I didn't really feel like I had or I had established really solid friendships up until maybe later, late in my second year, third year of being here. So it takes time. And I think for people to expect an immediate connection yeah. is often misleading yeah because as as you know relationships take work and time yeah but it takes it's different here because people come and go yeah japan is such an international hub where people some people are here for you know they come here thinking they'll only commit to a year or two and then they end up staying and having children and just really liking their lives here and other people are here like okay i'm gonna be here for a year and then leave yeah so sometimes you i've had experiences where i've met really wonderful people and again it's a seasonal thing where i really got a lot out of it mm. out of our friendships while the, during the time they were here and then after kind of it was hard to keep in touch yeah. so we were we kind of just left it yeah as it was you have to definitely put time and invest. Yeah. That's what friendships and relationships are. They're investments of your time and energy. And a healthy way of investing in your in your relationships is to not expect anything back. Uh, it's like a bucket that you both share. And mm. if you want to keep that relationship healthy, you yeah. keep dropping in the bucket. You're both you keep dropping, pouring dropping. into the bucket. Yes. And you hope that the other person uh, doesn't just take, but also put in the bucket. And if the bucket at some point gets empty, it's because one of you is not putting enough there. And then you can consider leaving that relationship yeah. because it's not giving you anything. So yeah. as long as you both are putting and taking that relationship is going to stay healthy and happy. Yeah, like I said in the beginning, it yeah. takes give and take. Give and take, exactly. Right. Um, all right. Uh, is there anything else that you want to consider? I have a final question for you. Ooh, okay. Um, I have a final question for you too, but okay. would you like to start? Okay. Um, what advice would you give teen Wendy about friendships? Ooh, that's a I I kind of had a similar question. So let's just go with that. I'll ask okay. you the same question. Okay. For what advice would I give teen Wendy? Yeah. About friendships? Well, okay. I grew up in a really small community. Yeah. So the people that I saw, I saw everywhere. Not just at school, just around the community because such for one, we only had room for one high school. Um, we had a middle school, two middle schools and then uh, an elementary school, but it's just such a tiny town. You run into everyone everywhere. Yeah. Only one super large supermarket. So that's a good question. I would have told Wendy because she had a hard time and she still does trying to fit in. I think I'm. And I think a lot of women, especially with ADHD, can relate to this, that 
we have a lot going on <laughs> in our heads. I'm not saying like, <laughs> I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but we have a lot going on inside our heads. And sometimes we have to, f- we feel like we have to suppress our personalities. And I often felt like I needed to fit a mold. This, these unspoken standards in order to be accepted by different friend groups. Mm-hmm. And I wish I didn't, I wish I didn't do that because I think, the reason why I was able to float around so many different friend groups was because I had a lot going on in my head and that I had a lot to offer them. So I think maybe I would have told myself to just wave that freak flag. If, Mm. if people don't accept you for you, Mm. then they're missing out Mm. and you're going to have you and at least one other person who's going to accept you for who you are. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. How about mm. you? I guess I would tell little Juan, you deserve to have good friends. These that's friends that one. you have, these people that are dedicating their time to be around you, they're not expecting anything from you. They just they just like being around you yeah and you deserve them yeah there was a lot of my life that i i I felt like i didn't deserve the great friends that i had the real Mm. close people that i still have relationships with Mm. and that sometimes i don't speak with them um regularly Mm. for months and you if you're hearing this you know who you are but every time we talk again it's like no No time time has has passed right And sometimes I felt like, man, I don't know what I what I did, but I'm damn happy that I'm so happy that they are in my life and that I don't know what I, I don't, what I'm giving back to them. But now I understand, like, I'm a really good friend. And you are. Uh, we all deserve to have good friends in our lives, and and if you have a good friend, and sometimes you've ha- you've had doubts, it's not it's not an imposter. It's not like someone who's waiting for something or is trying to manipulate you. It's just a good friend, and you should be thankful and also uh, invest back, put in that bucket. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your story, too. Oh, of course. This is a great podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you about this. And I I know we can go off and talk about it even further. Yeah. So maybe in episodes to come, we can talk about different angles on friendship. Yes. And of course, as our lovely listeners, you can provide us any feedback or let us know if you have any questions about us or any questions you want to us to cover yes future for a future episodes (laughs) (laughs) as always we thank you for listening to our podcast this is the don't tell my grandma podcast in case you forgot (laughs) (laughs) thank you for joining wendy and my beautiful husband juan on our journey to love and wisdom yeah we uh, want you to reach out to us on our 
uh, socials. So we have a Twitter at don't what is it called? A journey oh, for journey. wisdom. <laughs> Not killing it. A journey for wisdom. Four as a number. That's a, that's Twitter. That's Twitter. That's yeah. what I said. No, you said Instagram first. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to edit this. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> okay. And we have a Twitter and an Instagram. A Twitter is at a journey for wisdom for as the number. And our Instagram is at a journey for wisdom. So please send us a DM. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting so nervous at the end right now. Because I don't have my notes. But... Please give us a DM. Please give us a shout out if you like what you hear. And don't hesitate to subscribe so you don't miss a new episode with us. We're always working on bringing you guys uh, valuable conversations and putting our hearts in all of them. And we are always also working on some new things. We might have, by the time this comes out, the video might be out. (gasps) So Uh, we will put a link to a video of a special Don't Tell My Grandma YouTube special where we documented our trip to Tohoku. And if you didn't hear a little bit about our trip, we actually recorded a couple podcasts on those. So don't don't feel shy and please listen to those. Yeah, if you're here in Japan, you can probably get a lot of information from there if you can if you want to take that trip yourself it's really really easy and you would have so many delicious food and great experiences it was amazing oh yeah anyway thank you so much for joining us we love you love you peace out ciao Bye. bye